0: I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Tuesday, February 20th. Quincy police have arrested a Lowell man in connection with that shooting that left a man with non-life-threatening injuries last week. The Lowell man, who police did not identify by name, is facing charges of armed assault with intent to murder... Along with firearms and drug charges, he'll be arraigned today in Quincy District Court. Police were called to the area of Elm Avenue and Marlborough Street in the Wollaston section of the city just after 3 a.m. on Friday for a reported shooting. The victim was taken to Boston Medical Center for a gunshot wound to the thigh. The suspect was arrested later that night. Any witnesses with additional information are asked to contact Quincy Police Police say the shooting does not appear to be random at this time. Quincy attorney George Burke, a distinguished public servant and longtime local philanthropist who generously supported many causes, charities, and organizations for decades, died last Wednesday. He was 91. Burke was a former Quincy City Councilor, State Representative, and Norfolk County District Attorney. He became the youngest person elected to the DA's office and the first Democrat to win that seat in 1966. As a district attorney, Burke was known for cracking down on drug abuse and for establishing pioneer drug education classes in state schools. Burke was also known for supporting many Quincy charities and organizations, including the Salvation Army, the Germantown Neighborhood Center, Father Bill's Place, Interfaith Social Services, and the South Shore YMCA. Burke was a basketball player in high school and at UMass Amherst in the mid-50s. His number 32 was retired at a ceremony at UMass in 1994. Burke was a 1950 graduate of Quincy High School, where he captained the basketball team and is a member of the Hall of Fame. Also attended Thayer Academy, where he was captain of that school's basketball team and a member of the Hall of Fame there. Burke graduated UMass Amherst in 1956 and Boston College Law School in '59, where he was class president. Among Burke's more notable contributions, successfully bidding. On a Colonial Silver Tankard in 2001, he paid $200,000 for the John Quincy Tankard and loaned it back to the City of Quincy. It's on display at City Hall. Funeral arrangements are being handled by Cohane Funeral Home. Visiting hours will be held this Sunday with a funeral on Monday. A Quincy teenager was not injured when a car he was driving struck a utility pole in Quincy Saturday morning. 19-year-old Haroon Fani told police he took his eyes off the road for a short moment when the minivan he was driving struck a pole on Palmer Street in Germantown right near the Snug Harbor School just after 8.30 a.m. Fani was not hurt, but the pole was snapped in half blocking Palmer Street in both directions. Quincy DPW workers created a temporary traffic lane by cutting a chain-link fence to allow motorists in and out of Germantown while the accident scene was cleared. Fani told police he was traveling about 35 miles per hour and drove through a puddle just before the crash, but police say no puddle was observed. So far, no citations have been issued. It was a very emotional time for everyone, but with his guilty verdict, the family can finally breathe a sigh of relief. Michael Chesnut's family finally get in closure after a jury found Emmanuel Lopes guilty of the Weymouth police sergeant's murder, along with 77-year-old Vera Adams. Both were shot and killed in July of 2018. His first prosecution ended in a mistrial in July of last year when a jury couldn't decide whether Lopes should be convicted due to his history of mental illness. Second trial, with a jury from a different county, began last month. After more than a week of deliberation, that new jury found him guilty and now faces life in prison. Lopes will be sentenced on March 19th. The Cohasset man accused of murdering and dismembering his wife is scheduled to be sentenced today, but for a different crime. Brian Walsh is due in federal court to be sentenced for selling fake Andy Warhol paintings, an international art fraud scheme he pled guilty to in 2021. In a twist... What if any prison time he gets today depends on how the judge sees other accusations of fraud that Walsh is accused of committing, also separate from the pending murder case where Walsh is accused of killing his wife, Anna, in their Cohasset home. Walsh's art fraud scheme defrauded three victims out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, One of those victims was Ron Rivlin, the owner of Revolver Gallery in California, the largest Andy Warhol gallery in the world. Walsh was still able to sell him, a fake. After pleading guilty in the art fraud, Walsh was about to be sentenced to time served, but toward the end of the hearing, the judge learned that a check from Walsh had bounced and stopped those proceedings members of the brockton school committee are calling on the city's mayor to ask governor mara Healy for national guard support amid safety concerns at brockton high school school committee members joyce asak tony rodriguez claudio gomes and anna oliver sent a letter to brockton mayor robert sullivan last thursday asking that he request temporary national guard support at Brockton High School from Healy to assist in restoring order, ensuring the safety of all individuals on school premises, and implementing measures to address the root causes of the issues they're facing. However, in a statement from the mayor, yesterday he says he does not support utilizing the National Guard at Brockton High School. All 11 members of the Massachusetts delegation to D.C. signed on to a letter to Cerberus Capital Management, the private equity firm that owned Steward Healthcares hospitals from 2010 until 2021, seeking information amid growing concerns about the financial plight Steward now finds itself in. The delegation's letter specifically asks Cerberus to provide answers about the firm's investments in Steward and Steward-affiliated entities, liabilities imposed on Steward, and profits, dividends, and total compensation for the firm and its top executives by February 28th. Cerberus bought into the hospital system, known at that time as Caritas Christi, in 2010, investing $246 million and rebranding it as Steward. In 2016, Cerberus-owned Steward made a $1.25 billion deal with the real estate investment trust Medical Properties Trust, in which Steward's hospital properties were sold to MPT. And MPT took a 5% equity stake in Stewart. The letter says that transaction returned Cerberus's initial investment, but left Stewart with multi-year, multi-million dollar lease payments that are now a big part of the system's financial struggles. Cerberus began to transfer its ownership stake in 2020. And Stewart borrowed $355 million as part of that transaction. First Lady Jill Biden will be in New England this week for a fundraiser and an event about research on women's health. Biden will travel to Connecticut and then Massachusetts today and leave tomorrow afternoon. Biden will arrive at Tweed New Haven Regional Airport in Connecticut at about 4.30 this afternoon ahead of a political finance event for the Biden Victory Fund in Guilford. Tonight, the first lady arrives at Logan Airport and will speak at an event in Cambridge tomorrow morning as part of the White House Initiative on Women's Health Research. Biden leads the initiative launched back in November to close the gender research gap in health care. A check of business news this morning and stocks are down. The Dow lost 145 points, NASDAQ down 130, S&P losing 24. Asian stocks are mixed on the second day that Chinese markets were open after the Lunar New Year break. The dollar rose, the euro is down, oil at $79 a barrel. Sports Bruins beat the Dallas Stars 4-3 in a shootout. They'll be in Edmonton tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. The National Weather Service forecast for today, sunny and brisk, the high of 35 degrees. For tonight partly cloudy low twenty two. Tomorrow a mix of sun and clouds at a high thirty seven. Thursday sunny, high thirty eight, and some showers. Friday, the high forty four. For the boater today, waves about a foot, wind out of the north five to ten knots becomes easterly. Later today, high tide eight eighteen AM. Sunrise six hundred thirty three sets five twenty two. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy news update for Tuesday, february twentieth.